0: How is your prayer life? If you are like most of us, it has seasons and sometimes lacks consistency. Prayer, faith and holiness are key to reaching your destiny. Join Prophet Nanaseyo Pukusaakodye
1: as he encourages the body of Christ to get closer to God in prayer. 2017, something will visit your house. Supernatural surprise. It is not coming by hard working. It is not coming by academic work. It is not coming by position. You will conceive that child by the supernatural. You will get that job by the supernatural. You will expand that business by the supernatural.
0: Prophet Nana Seyo Pukuk is an end time season firebrand prophet and an evangelist with a unique preaching ministry anchored on
1: prayer. He teaches and prophesies the word of God with signs and wonders. Today, may you hold up your gun as a soldier of God and may you stop that weeping may you stop that crying and take responsibility no soldier cries on the battlefield and it shall come to part whosoever shall call on the name of the lord call on to me and i will answer you i will show you great and mighty things and now prophet Nana started
0: a series last week about the subject of hope which is in relationship with faith. In my estimation, one of the greatest investments you can ever make in your Christian work is the investment of faith. The greater your faith, the greater the exploits you make. I showed you last week that how faith can come under attack. Jesus said, Simon, Satan has desired to have you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. You are not a failure until your faith fails. So, when you allow your faith to fail, you have stepped into an automatic realm of failure. But I am trying to also bring you to another point that faith, much as powerful as it is, has other things it needs to work. And so, we talk about the fact that faith worked by love, according to Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 6. In Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. I'm teaching the word of God. But faith worketh through love. Tell somebody, your faith is working through your love. So going back a little bit, I told you that sometimes it's difficult for your faith to work when you are not working in love. And when I say working in love, I don't mean buy flower and go and give it to a boyfriend. When I say working in love, I don't mean give your fiancé or your husband a peg. It is part of it. That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a relationship that you are trying to play faith, but you are not talking to somebody. You are coming alive a little bit. You claim you are a child of God. You are singing in the choir. You are an usher. You are a protocol member. But when you hear somebody, you begin to have an attitude. I'm talking about love in the context of the fact that you are confessing the word, believing God, naming it and claiming it. But there is a strong sense of bitterness in you. You are finding it difficult to forgive your ex-boyfriend. Tell somebody, I sense this one is for you. Tell the person. (laughs) Hallelujah. So faith is going to work, but we are talking about the fact that there are hindrances to manifestation or the potency of your faith. As a result of certain things, and I told you also that God will judge spiritual sins faster than physical sins. What is the difference between that? When somebody goes to commit fornication, it's called physical sin. When somebody steals meat from the soup, it's called physical sin. Are you getting what I'm talking about? When my money drop on the ground and you pretend as if you have never seen it, when I tend, then you pick it up and begin to thank God, it is called physical sin. Hallelujah. That one, everybody can see it and judge you. And most times, God is not even interested in people's judgment on your life. Because if God is going to deal with you according to the way people judge you, you will not be sitting where you are sitting. It is a place to give the Lord a clap of if you don't mind. Are you getting what I'm talking about? But I'm trying to tell you that The one I'm talking about, so that is a physical sin, but a spiritual sin are sins that people cannot physically see, but it's in your heart. Bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness, hatred. Oh, these are what is called spiritual sins. And God will judge them faster. For instance, for instance, for instance, you may not have pointed sickness or gun to anybody, but the Bible says anybody who hates his brother is a murderer. Why are you calling me a murderer for that? Because, like I said, you may not point a gun, but when you hate somebody, you begin to meditate that something bad will happen to them. And in fact, in the charismatic witchcraft, sometimes you wish something bad happened to somebody so that it makes you feel you are powerful. I'm already preaching. Hallelujah. So these are the hindrances to faith. These are the things that doesn't make faith to work. This is a fasting church. This is a praying church. This is a ministry that is built up and the foundation is prayer. But faith makes oh, prayer works. And also, if faith makes prayer work, then faith is important when you become a prayer warrior. Faith is important when you become a prayer child of God or a praying child of God. However, you must also make sure that, your heart is so clear that nothing will hinder the manifestation of your faith. That is why sometimes you are naming it, but you are not able to claim it. Because God sees things that we don't see. Hallelujah. So we are talking about love and relationship with faith. But we are also talking about another one that um, most of the giant preachers in faith has never been able to speak about it. And that is why I started last week talking about hope. Look at someone and say, do you have some hope? Tell somebody, do you have some hope? Oh, Jesus Christ. Did you ask them at all? Hallelujah. And I'm trying to say that faith is a substance of things hoped for. You remember that scripture? Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. Faith is a substance of things you do what? Hope for. Faith is a substance of things what? You do what? Hope for. So, hmm, if you hope for nothing, faith has nothing to deliver. Faith is a substance. Now, actually, this is not the definition of faith. This one is not the definition of faith because the Bible is not a dictionary. Did you get what I said? The Bible is not a dictionary, so it's not a definition of faith. When we are trying to define new things, laws of motion or Archimedes' principle, are you getting what I'm talking about? When the body is holy or partially immersed in the fruit, it experiences an abstract, which is equal to the weight of the body. That is a definition. The Bible is not a dictionary. The Bible is a spiritual book. So it's not defining, it's explaining faith. Are you getting what I'm talking about? So, the Bible is trying to say that now your faith is a substance of things you are hoping for. So, if you hope for nothing, faith has nothing to deliver. Hope does not preempt faith, but hope rests on faith. The word preempt means that hope does not, sort of, how do I put it? It does not eliminate faith. Or hope does not present itself more important than faith. But faith, hope makes sure that Faith rests on it for manifestation. If that is so and you are with me, then I submit to you this morning that one of the things that is a target to the enemy in your life is your hope. Anytime you are hopeless, you become helpless. A hopeless person is not qualified for divine help. So Father Abraham has hope against hope. Hope is so important that God has to give you an assurance of it. Somebody say assurance. God assure you that hope is so important that make sure, make sure you don't lose it. According to Jeremiah chapter 29 verse number 11, God says something crucial. I never thought about it until I was studying this morning. And I discovered that, wow, God, he said, I know the thought that I think towards you. Look at someone say, God is thinking about you. Tell somebody God is thinking about you. No, no, no. Say it with power. Say, God is thinking about me. And tell the person, I don't care what you think about. I don't tell your thought about me. I don't care what you are thinking. I know that God has, God has some plans for my life. God said that when he's sitting in heaven, he has thought about your life. I pray that a rich man will have thought about your life. I pray that a man of worthiness will have thought about your life. God said, I know the thought that I think toward you. Say yes, the Lord. That's powerful. Thought of peace and not of evil. Oh, to give you an expected end. Give me the NIV version. For I know the plans I have for you. Woo. Look at someone and say, God has plans for me. Tell somebody, God has plans for me. Tell somebody, I have never been perfect. Tell the person, I have never been perfect. I have done all kinds of crazy things. I am not the first to do it and I will not be the last. But in the midst of all that, God says he still has plans for my life. It's a good place to give the Lord a clap. Is it an assurance? Oh yes, yes. Everybody has done some dumb things. Everybody has done some crazy things. Hallelujah. Mm, You must go through a mess to have a message. Are you getting what I'm talking about? But in the midst of all that, he said he has plans for you. Nobody gets into the future still looking at the past. Write it down. And don't forget it. If you are still meditating about the past, you will slow down your future. One of the best training of the athletes is that they make sure they tell them when you are running, don't look back. So if you watch most of the Olympic Games, nobody runs and looks back. Because they say just turning back and retard your speed. Hallelujah. I know the plans. I know the plans that I have for you. Declares the Lord, not a pastor or a prophet. God is the one speaking. So whoever gives you a bad plan, come to this scripture. Somebody come and say, I had a dream that you were broke. Quote Jeremiah chapter 2011 and say, I don't care about your dream. I care about what God is... Oh, 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 oh. I wish I can get some right people here. Is somebody hearing what I'm talking about here? This is what God is talking about. I know the plans that I have for you. declares the Lord. Anytime you read the Bible, you hear that say yes the Lord. Stay there for a second. And don't be quick to move out of that. I know the plans that I have for you. declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Who is talking to you? Who is talking to you? So, why are you sitting down so quiet looking at me? No, no, wait, wait a second. Tell somebody God is not planning to harm me at all. So, in case you are one of my enemies, be careful. No, why did I say that? It means that. If God is not planning to harm me, then he will not permit anybody or he will not excuse anybody or he will not let anybody go free who tries to harm me. Declare the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you. He said the first one is that I have plans to prosper you. It means I cannot be poor. Can I stay here for two minutes? Yeah. It means that if you decide to be poor, you make the choice. Yeah. Because God said that I have plans for you. Yeah. And my plan is that you must not be broke. Yeah. My plan is that you shouldn't be poor. So, if, if you have poverty around you, you have chosen to be poor. Now, there's another point you have to also get here. The fact that God has planned for you, that's not me, automatically it will go according to his plan. It was so powerful that Jesus said, Put it in your prayer point. That when you pray, say, Lord, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It means that heaven has already planned your life. But there is another force contending with heaven's plan. This is the importance of fasting and prayer. Because sometimes, if you are prayerful, you'll be graceful. (laughs) And when you are graceful, You'll be faithful. And when you are faithful, I'll tell you next week. You should know that a faithful person will abound in blessing. You cannot be faithful and be a failure. It's not possible. I'm teaching. Hallelujah. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you what? Plans to give you what? God is saying that part of my plan for you is that you must not lose hope. I say God is telling you this morning that for instance, everybody here can claim he's a man or woman of faith. No problem about that. But we cannot know you have faith until you meet crisis. Let me go to the people here. Maybe I can get some few people there. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Whilst you are sitting here, I cannot tell you have faith. The only way God tests your faith is to allow the enemy to knock at your door. Drop a sickness, drop a poverty, drop an attack, drop a setback, drop a limitation, then your faith will come alive to react and say, No, Satan, no way. This is not my portion Now, once you are sitting here, we cannot tell you our faith. So you are not a man or a woman of faith until you meet Wahala. It is only our generation that we have generals our scars. A general with a plastic surgery walking around. Now it's only in our generation. But the old folks, when I read about history, there is no general without
1: scars. Oh, let me go to somebody here. Somebody tell me. Are you a general in a woman? Are we a general somewhere? You must have some scars about your life. Are you getting me? Show me how many wars you have overcome. Show me how many battles you have conquered. Show me how the enemy met you. And you went through hell and how waters and you came out.
0: You can never have a stable... And a very glorious marriage until the marriage has gone through rocks hey! 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 so all of you that are trying to marry and thinking that the marriage will go through smooth time give me a peg every day give me a kiss every day i suspect that relationship hey! sometimes one must face a war. one must face a wall not that you are eating but you are facing the wall and you are not talking to anybody for one day for two days and you come back and it comes very strong Listen to me. Listen to all those unless extreme cases, extreme cases, extreme cases of denying your wife sex, extreme cases of beating your wife, extreme cases of uh, kind of uh, high level dis, uh, uh, disrespect and all kinds of manhandling of a covenant daughter of God, unless that that lead to divorce, you must not leave a marriage because your husband say your head is not nice. You must not leave a marriage because you claim your husband snores. A lady came to my office and said, Why are you going to say he snores too much? And I told her, You have to pray that God will give you grace to sleep. Because if you are asleep and your husband is asleep, who will hear who is snoring? You see, let me tell you something. Can I say this one? It's very hard, but I'll say it. Most of the things that you are taking for granted, it is other people's prayer point. Mm. Are you hearing what I'm talking about here? No, most of the things, some of them are in relationship, they are in marriage, and they are trying to take it for granted by somebody's hard and somebody's high expectation. In fact, there's a prophecy in the book of Isaiah that has not been fulfilled, and I pray that it will never be fulfilled. And that prophecy is saying that several women will come to one man and say that we'll buy our food, we'll drive our car, we'll take care of ourselves. Just put your name on us. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Several women will come. They are saying that we don't need to, don't kiss us, don't hug us, just let us walk with the name of I am Mrs. Martin Asari, even though that's what it is. It's a prophecy. Think about it. But you are in marriage. Stay with one man who has never committed adultery and you are messing up. And you see, the enemy is lying to let you think that when you step out, you get another one. I promise you, the line is very long. It's a long queue. And when you go to the front and you allow yourself to be messed up, you must come and
1: join it at 1.4 billion position. Give the Lord a shout of victory. I'm preaching. Those who are justified for it
0: to happen to them, God can put them in the front of the battle. But you see, those who have done it, and God knows that they, are, they don't deserve what they go through. They
1: can be picked in the queue. But those who are in it and they are taking it for granted. Oh Jesus, I'm preaching. I don't know what I'm preaching, but maybe I don't know how I got into all this. Huh? If you don't take care, you'll be at the back of the crowd. Because when you take it for granted, when you are at the front, give the Lord a shout, I'm preaching.
0: Look at someone say, don't take where you are for granted because it's my prayer point. The woman that you are married that you are trying to mess around, another man
1: want to get here and say, oh Jesus, glory be to God. The man that you are married to that you are fooling around, somebody wishes you drop that mine yesterday and you pick him up two hours after you drop it.
0: I watch an interesting thing. Happening, and I'm sure it happened in Nigeria. It was a compound house, and the house some are built here. Some are built here. One man was
1: throwing his wife things away. When he throw it, another man came back and picked it and sent it to his room. He picked it and sent it to his room. And the other man came and said, Where are the things? And the other man was waiting for him to finish the thing and grab the woman. And he told the other one says, He went to the room. I pray that you will not throw things away because somebody is ready. May the Lord restore your hope back. Jesus, Tell
0: somebody don't take things for granted. Don't. Hallelujah. Don't take things for granted. I'm telling you. You will never know the value of what you have. Until the day you lose it. Because anytime you are taking something for granted. It's a sign that the thing has been there for you. The reason you are taking me for granted. Is because I have been there for you. That is why sometimes you can be around a situation and think it's worse until you step out. And if you don't take it, the devil will not permit you. He'll pump pride in you not to even come back like the prodigal son. That is why a lot of preachers have preached about him. The reason why they preach about him is that even though his past was bad, his principle was not good, he went through a principle that contradicts natural law because a will is not an authentic until the one that do the will dies your father is alive and he said, give me part of my way. It means that it's a son of pushing your father death premature. There are all kinds of revelations about that particular scripture. Because it is only when somebody dies that we open the way. You have made your father prematurely open the way. That's because you selfishly want to go and enjoy. You don't need prostitutes to enjoy. Because once you are there, you can enjoy what belongs to your father. Anytime you are stepping out to enjoy, you are against the principle of the family. You are living contrary to that. Because if the principle of the family, then you're not to be in the family to enjoy what you want to enjoy. The family doesn't still be prostitute. The family doesn't go to disco. And because you want to go to disco, you must step out of the family to do what you want to do. But it comes with consequence. So, if you, that is why, if you can be in church and you be in a church like this, there are things we stand for. And for you to do other things contrary to that, you must step out. Because as far as you are there, you are bound by the principle. But I mean, I, I, mean, I mean, putting that aside. The guy went back and saw that he has messed it up. And he said, no, I've missed it. And he came back and said, well, I've been to my father's house and I know that even the servants are better. I don't want to go back as a son. Hallelujah. It is called the spirit of humility. Yeah. Not coming back with pride to come back for your old position. That is in the hands of the master. But coming back as a servant. Daddy, I am not worthy to be called a son. I just came here to be one of the guys that would clean because I used not to be clean. They clean my room and I'm coming to clean other people's room. And the father threw a party because sometimes God checks attitude and worse. You can say all kinds of things, but it can contradict your action. Hope is so important that God makes sure that anybody living a hypocritic life, your hope must come under attack. You want me to speak inside? Yes. Give me Job chapter 8 verse 13. That's the only way to explain. Once I quote the scripture, all your ideologies must be in your stomach. Watch this. And I want you to read that scripture with me. <laughs> huh? So are the paths of all that forget God and the hypocrite hope shall perish. So everybody is hoping and the hypocrite is also trying to hope. Who is a hypocrite? A hypocrite is somebody with double standards. He's trying to tell you he loves you but the heart is a different thing altogether. May you never be hung around by hypocrites. One of the greatest the most difficult thing that every man of God can face to pastor hypocrites. You see, I prefer you to be rare than to be something you are not. Mm-hmm. Okay. it is dangerous for somebody to be angry and still laughing it means I want to get angry I should be able to see something about you should be to... I'm not saying acting on your anger but your mood should let me know that I have done something that you don't like but it is dangerous when the person <laughs> when you tell dangerous. And the Bible is saying that the hope of a hypocrite will perish. When you're a hypocrite, God makes sure he pushes you in a state of hopelessness so that you won't get money to attack people. And when you study the teachings of Jesus, he attacked the Pharisees and called them hypocrites. And he does it without any apology or reservation. He said, you whitewashed stones, you hypocrites. these are the way Jesus was using for them. A hypocrite can be a serpent. And who is a serpent? A snake can be in your bag and you won't know. It's sneaky because a snake can pass under your feet and you won't know that a snake is passed. When the dog pass, you will know. But the snake, it can pass slowly, he pass without making noise. I pray for you that you will not be surrounded by hypocrites. The hope of a hypocrite. So we are talking about hope. We are talking about hope in relationship to faith, but make sure you are not a hypocrite because God himself will come after your hope. A hypocrite is the one that is in a choir by which the choir has collapsed. A hypocrite can be in a group. And when all the group decide to do something, he alone has a contrary opinion. Hypocrites. They are in a church. If there is anything attacking a charismatic church, it's hypocrite. A, a, a pastor came to me and I told him, I said, listen to me. If you are going to have your heart. And, and, and the, the wife came complaining that he doesn't have time for us and everything. I said, well, the kingdom demands. So give the man of God some time. Hallelujah. To work for God. And he said that he give him all the time to work for God. But the things are different. Sometimes church members can come to your house and he cancel them to 1 a.m. Hey. Okay. So I look at the guy and say, What your wife says, Is it true? say yes. That's okay. You are contradicting the scripture. God says, Feed my frog and love your wife. You are trying to feed your wife and love the frog. There's nothing wrong in loving them. But sometimes, if you love a hypocrite, you are in trouble. Because you can love people whose heart are not with you. That's a problem a lot of you young girls are facing. Anytime we see golf 2 you think he loves you. <laughs> you see a Hyundai pony, you think he loves you. Someone, when they give you a lift, you think he loves you. No. You see, you are so deceived that a gift makes you feel like you are, you are being loved. No. And the guys that have come, they are very smart, they've studied you psychologically. They come around you, they study you, they know what you love, what you don't like, and they play on your mind. At least one character says it's very true. I have one witness, and that guy is a rare guy. All oh, the rest who are quiet is hypocrisy. And I pray that your hope will not perish. No, that's what it is. And that's what it is. So you get it. they play around you until your heart is in their hand. And by the time they leave your heart, it's maskenki. Around, yes, yeah, because the hope of a hypocrite will perish. You don't love the righteous guys in the church. Let me tell you something most of the guys you see around you are shining away. It is difficult today, but you'll not be so tomorrow. Yeah. Give the Lord a clap of it. It's a good thing. I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. I say, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm there. May be security men, they may be carpenters, they may be masons. I used to go to the construction field, but God has a plan for their lives. Can I submit to you, girl? That it's better to marry somebody and suffer with him and have peace They're going to live in East Lagos and marry to television. Yeah. You will watch TV until TV will be tired of you. Anytime you take the remote and press and it doesn't come on the TV, say, I'm not spoiled, but because of you, I am tired. How do you handle a hopeless situation? Am I preaching? Hallelujah. You have to get all these things and get them out. God is ready to bless us, but our attitude. That's why I'm preaching hopelessness. I was telling about all night that it's a beast. I'm going to link three words together. Discouragement rather leads to hopelessness, and hopelessness leads to depression. So when we see anybody who is depressed, he has lost hope. Because depression. It's your responsibility. Oppression is the devil's responsibility. But all oppressors are victims of depression. So you are not oppressed until you are first depressed. So, depression is simply the absence of the joy of the Lord in your heart. So anytime you're supposed to say, thank you, Lord, and you are sad, Satan has the legal right to come to your territory. Is it too strong for you? Are you getting what I'm talking about? Give me Romans chapter 4, and verse number 18. Let's read something. Are you there? Oh, ma, 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 my. my, 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 my. Lift to hands! honest, I refuse to be hopeless. I refuse, I refuse. Now, now let me say this, let me say this. The hope I'm preaching here, it is not important until God decides to delay the manifestation. Mm. So the reason why I'm preaching hope is that there is something God is going to give you to you, but he won't give it to you at your time. What do you do when it doesn't come at your time? This is another thing you must understand. God can come to you and promise you. And by the time you, he left, you will think as if the next one hour, the blessing is coming. Now, listen to me. Listen to this one. By the time God said, count the stars. That your descendants will be like that. You will think that every two weeks you give birth. This is not a prophet. This is not a pastor. This is not an angel. This is God. And say Abraham, count the stars. 1, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 6 o'clock, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock, 12 o'clock. Your wife, your wife come and says, lunch is ready. What are you doing? I'm counting. Ha, ha, he said, you have no eaten dinner. Oh, it's 12, 12 minutes. I'm counting the stars. He said, why? Are you counting the stars? Who has ever counted the stars? He said, God said, my descendants. God said, you would think that when you give birth one year, nine months, nine months again, your wife is pregnant. And the God has said, and this is the satin. He moved you from the star and said, go to the seashore. Yeah. And count the, the sand. And when he said, it doesn't show up until 30 years. Yeah. You see, if you don't understand the technicalities, And the laws of the natural and the supernatural to walk with God. You will live in a total state of depression. You will live a hopeless life. Until the enemy will launch a missile called discouragement. It's a missile. And discouragement comes. After you have fasted. And you have got a sure prophetic word. Or a dream came to you. And the dream was so great. Thought God was in your bedroom. And after three years, you haven't seen anything. And they are calling another fast. And a voice is speaking. What is the use? It is not enough for you to see manifestation until you plant and water. So sometimes uh, you must get the same prophetic word about five times before the enemy leaves you alone. Sometimes God must keep speaking the same word to make sure you won't lose hope. Are you getting what I'm talking about? You must keep getting the word. God must be repeating it. God must say, God promised Jesus in the garden of Eden. He said the seed of the woman. Every prophet prophesied about him until the book of Matthew. Everyone spoke about Jesus and we didn't see him. Sometimes he gave him another name in the Old Testament and come give him another name in the New Testament. In the Old Testament he said that you shall have a child who call him Emmanuel. In the New Testament he said Jesus. Why? Because what? The devil is looking for Emmanuel to kill. He'll be raising Jesus. It's a good place to give the Lord a clap of and I'm preaching. Are you get what I'm talking about? So sometimes, God gives you a certain name in the past and come and change your name and give your name in the future. You used to be called Simon, but now you are called Peter. What Satan I want to
1: destroy Simon? I'll be raising Peter. Oh, I mean, let me go to the people here. You used to be called Sarah, but now you are called Sarah. You used to be called Abraham, but you are not called Abraham. So what the devil is looking? So some of you are sitting here. Even though they are calling you so name, but you have a different name in the spirits.
0: And that name alone is enough for the to tell the devil that he has lost the battle. So Satan is looking for somebody to kill but it's the wrong person. Because the name they presented to the devil, you don't have that name again. What do you do? When hope is dying? the man that God promised a child sent an angel and God himself spoke. I'm not talking about dreaming. Those guys can hear God's voice <laughs> audibly. Abraham Angels can go to his house and eat. One day when God gives opportunity, I will teach you angels their names and what they do. Some of them are for fighting. Some of them are for information. Some of them are for defense. But some of them too, they carry God's name. I'll give you three examples of those angels. He said, Moses, I will not go with you. My angel will go with you. But make sure you don't provoke him. Because if you provoke him, he won't spare you. When Gabriel was going to make Zachariah dump. He said, I am Gabriel who stand in the presence of the Lord. It will not all angels stand there. And Abraham saw three men passing. And Abraham called his wife and said, run. And thrown the boys and said, get me a kid. A very pleasant one. And Abraham killed it. And Abraham let Sarah prepare a meal, And he put it before them. And when they ate, and they were moving, these are their ways. In the time of season by this time, I shall return. I shall return. Who are you to talk like that? Angel that carries, God's through. And they speak like the way God is talking. Moses met one in the bush, burning bush encounter. And that angel said, Moses, I've heard the cry of my children. Go and study the Bible. They talk in authority of God. Are you listening to what I'm talking about? Angelic host and different ones. He warned the people of Israel that if you provoke him, that is what Moses, Moses, called the revelation and said, "No way, we respect that angel. We don't want him to go with us." Now, listen. when day David did something. God was going to punish him and give him three things to choose one. He said, "I give it to the hands of your enemy, or I let the sword pursue you, or there was another alternative." He looked at the thing and said, "Lord." Thank God for all of them, but I prefer to fall in your hands. Later, he wrote in the psalms, I say, The reason I want to fall in your hands is that you are the kind of God that, even in times of judgment, you show mercy. If you are clapping, God will show you mercy. So that's why Moses looked at it and said, Ah, huh? you have said that we should make sure we don't provoke him, that he will strike us. Even if you are provoking, what about an angel? So Moses came to God and said, "If you are not going with us, we are not going. a car. seen a young, We are not going with yeah. you, because those guys understand the principle. And so they say, "No, I will love your presence." What God saw and told Moses that Moses told God that how can you be a righteous God and do such an evil? Moses was coming from the mountain for 40 days and 40 nights of fasting. And God said, Moses, hurry up and go. Those your people. That was the first time God rejected them. He said, your people have turned away quickly. That was the time Aaron has raised a golden calf and they were worshipping. And God said, move out of the way so that I can smite all of them and kill them and raise another nation. And Moses said, how can you do that? How can a righteous God be angry with your people? And Moses was trying to tell God that. How can you do that? That the nation said you didn't. And God said, okay, I repent for what I've done. When Moses saw it, he broke the commandment. So he couldn't stand what God stood. Let me tell you something. That is why it is dangerous for men to try to be God. If not for that anger. We could have seen the way God writes. It will be in the archives. We could have seen God's handwriting. Moses scattered God's handwriting. Since then, he has never written again. He will never write. The next time you write, you wrote on the wall. Even that one, the next time the word got broken. You look at the time, it says, mini, mini and say, you have weighed in the balance, you have found one thing. Daniel came to interpret it, but we can't find that wall. Stone tablet. God doesn't write in a book. He writes in a stone. What kind of pen does he use? <laughs> Somebody say, hopeless situation. What happened? I, I, I quote a scripture. I give it to me. Who against hope believe in hope? Oh, that he might become the father of many nations. Who against hope believe in hope? Give me different translation. As many as you can give me, I'll read it. Who against hope believe in hope? Thank you. Against all hope, Abraham, in hope, believe. Against all hope, Abraham in hope, believe. No wonder they call him the father of faith. Because you cannot be a father of faith when you become hopeless. Because faith is a substance of things you do what you hope for. Not that God doesn't want to give you the manifestation. You are confessing it, but it is not from the heart. Because you are confessing it in a state of hopelessness. You still confess, I'm sure a baby will suck my breast. And you are looking at your man, says, excuse me to say, because the just shall live by faith. The fact that you are menstruating every man does not mean that you are not pregnant. That's the way faith talks. So, whether menstruating or no menstruating, faith keeps thanking God. Because men is a physical manifestation that you are not pregnant by biology. <clears throat> Tradition, it is what has retired Africa. Jesus said, "You, you, you, you made the word of God of none effect by the traditions of your fathers." I pray that you marry a traditional man.
1: Amen.
0: I pray that you marry a traditional woman. Amen. When somebody is traditional, he ceases to advance in life. He will never go for the latest. This is what we stand for. did you? Are you warm? they say, did you? You give him a plate, he's angry. Tradition is an enemy of progress. I'm telling you, it's an enemy of progress. Traditional people, oh, yes, in the midst of a modern world, they will pour libation on a carpet. It has no respect for beauty, it has no respect for splendor. It has no respect. Marry a traditional man and you want to eat fufu every Sunday. I'm not against you eating fufu, but it shouldn't be every Sunday. Why can't you choose other days? Because you know, every Sunday your wife feel like pandy fufu. And if he doesn't do it, he has broken your traditional law. My grandfather, if you marry a traditional man, he build a house with two different bedrooms. And the wife is another bedroom, is another bedroom. Tradition. And I don't care your theoretical beliefs and conviction, I'm preaching from the word. Yeah. Do you know why the Pharisees miss Jesus? It's because of tradition. Wash your hands before you eat. This, this. And it was hypocrisy because Jesus said that. Which one is harmful? Is it what goes into a mouth or what comes out? He said, "What goes into your mouth, it goes in through and through digestion and become an excreter." But he said, "Every info comes from the heart." So the way you are, you are so much indulged and acquainted with washing hands and attitude of walking. The Pharisees will fast and put uh, ashes on their head and walk slowly in the market, and then walk slowly. And they would say, "Mr. Pharisee, say praise God." They say, "I'm on the third day." And then this one will give him cassava, and this one will give him tomatoes. And Jesus said that, once they do that, they have their reward. It means that when you are fasting in hypocrisy, God has no reward for you. What do you mean by hypocrisy? Fasting for people to see. Uh, I'm going to you, it. You. you don't need to go to the office and tell everybody, at to uh, fast me here fasting, me here fasting, uh, me here fasting, me here me me here. What? If you want people to look at you and say, ah, 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 you are growing late, so I'm trying to slim down a little bit. Now this fatness or oh, I saw that kekranwa break aka person me te so kakra so I so e kwa na wo ko so me person me come or kakra na fine na I but who say we don't me say first time be ano na say twaman ayeyo me say akwan do be kunyu but ken so the business who are entering when we started others are angry and others feel you are a threat let me tell you something hey, one of the things that make success life outside Christ in Africa dangerous is that your success exposes other people's failure. So I don't care, Auntie God, when me and you are in the same car, in the same soup, you're a, car, a, a Buzanga Vovo. Do you know Buzanga Vovo? Garçon, garçon, garçon. Huh? The black bicycle. Do you understand? It's called Buzanga Vovo. Now, watch this. If all of us are driving and riding Buzanga Vovo, we don't mind. But suddenly you bought a car. Now, it means that your success has exposed my failure. Anytime you succeed, somebody has been exposed. And that is why you need defense. So that is why the people doesn't serve your God, when they succeed, they go for fortification. Even though whatever the devil gives you, you come back for good measure. Press down. The devil cannot give anything because Jesus defined that he still kill, and destroy. So if you think he's protecting you, it's a contact for more attack. Ah. John Wesley said that it seems God can do nothing on earth until somebody prays. One of the quotes in prayer said that I will still say my prayer. If God doesn't answer, I know he's planning something bigger than what I'm asking. Yeah. When everything was hopeless, Abraham believed anyway. Give me the Amplified Version let me see something. Human reasons for hope being gone. Hope in faith that he should become the father of many nations. Let's read it again. Let's read it. And now slowly. For Abraham, human reason for hope being gone. What the Bible is trying to say is that the guy is now 100 years. His wife is 90. Menopause versus Papa That's what the Bible is saying. So, for human reason, it is, it is an anatomy for you to come and say that my wife is going to take a seat. Hope being gone. Hope being gone. So, the fact that human reason is giving you another picture, that's not me, you should accept it. Amen. That is why they just shall live. By faith. Slap somebody and say, don't be hopeless. No. No, no. Slap somebody and say, don't be hopeless. Abraham hope against hope. My time is up. But let me give you the final one. Hallelujah. What do you do when all hope is gone? Ah, Acts chapter 27. Let's close with this. And verse number 20. Acts chapter 27, verse number 20. Lift your hand and say, I refuse to be hopeless. I to be hopeless. What did I say about hopeless situation? When the answer decides to delay. Yeah. When the answer decides to delay. What do you do? You are hoping to have, a, you are hoping to have twins. But you can marry and God will give you a child after five years. After six years. After eight years. Yeah. Eh, but explain to us why it happened. The secret things belong to the Lord. Not that you are not going to have it. But you won't have The reason why you are under pressure is that there is a girl you married before you marry and has come to be pregnant and we're under pressure. But Hannah, you can't be under pressure because you are not going to birth an ordinary guy. So I told you before, and I'm saying it again, that all the women in the Bible who chart birth delay, they seem to give birth to some exceptional children. The first in the line was Sarah, and he gave birth to Isaac, a type of Jesus in the Bible. He's the only man they put on the altar. He was presented as a sacrifice. The sacrifice was accepted by God and given back to his father. Isaac. Check the patriarch, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Watch this. Watch this. Who named Abraham? His father, Terah, who was an idol worshiper. Who named Isaac? God. Who named Jacob? His mother. The one that were named by man, all of them entered into extramarital affairs. Abraham has his Hagar and his Ketura. Mm, I'm going to go deeper. As for Jacob, he was surrounded by sisters and their help, and their house helps. So this is Abraham, a Jacob's two wife. Of Ayah. Now waiting a hard house. So it was a competition. Only Isaac can ever enter into that. Think about it. I'm preaching. Only
1: Isaac. Now, now, now,
0: what is it? His childbirth delay. The two women that went into marriage, Leah was having children so much that Jacob ran away from her. Because nobody wants to sleep a woman that when you he, he kiss her, the next day says, I'm pregnant. Now, the ritual that is his childbirth delay, the first boy he gave birth is called Joseph. Give me his, his lifestyle. Tell me. A preserver of the world. Think about it. So, There is a reason for the delay in your manifestation. There is a reason. I met a pastor's son. The guy started preaching at the age of nine. And the pastor told me, he said, between my first child and this child, it was 15 years. I must invest 15 years of prayer to get God's evangelist. Listen, Hannah must go to Shiloh and pray to Beth somewhere. This was Rachel's prayer to Beth Joseph. Give me a child lest I die. What about the forerunner of Jesus Christ, whose mother is called Mrs. Zachariah? Elizabeth. He was so old that God forgotten about his age. And Beth, a forerunner of the Messiah. If everybody is driving a Hyundai and your car has not come, God has a reason. I may be wrong, but it's my estimation. All the women that did stay long before they marry, after they marry, you could feel stability and peace. It's mine. It's, it's not, I'm not quoting from scripture, it's an observation. Because by the time the men come, They've been molded. They've gone through staff. You that jump into it from the age of 60, you hardly, you hardly see maybe one out of one million women whose marriage seems to be delaying their sense of natural mind ever live in friction with their mates. Even no matter how caricature and can cross their manners, they've been trained to handle situations you that is sometimes there are things that experience can handle that anointing cannot can I, can I explain it can i explain it can i explain it moses was hardly anointed but he needed jethro to give him counsel